Um, all right, here. So, as, uh, as I was listening to Dalton talk on, what was it, last Sunday? You said you had to prepare one last... It was last Wednesday you preached on last Wednesday. And he said he was totally prepared. So I, I had been waiting for God to give me an idea of what to preach about. And then all these wonderful things he threw my way because I wasn't prepared. You know, a month in advance. And I kept thinking, oh, I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be prepared. Yeah, right. He said, you should have prepared early. But I have nine pages here. So, so there's, there's nine pages. I don't, know, I don't know how well it reads or anything. I, I, I'll probably stutter most of it out. Um, you can throw up my see a penny, pick it up, end all day. You'll have good luck. It's going to be Luke 15, 8 through 10. So you can pull out your Bibles there. But let's, let us pray for a minute here. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we come together. And uh, we ask that you just bless everyone here, Lord, that you guide me. That, um, Lord, that, uh, that uh, you, you just work through me, Lord. And um, that this uh, message this evening... Um, does, does, does honor to you, Lord, and that uh, you just give us, just watch over us all here throughout the rest of, the rest of this week, and, and we can't wait, of course, to, to be here on Sunday, Lord. And uh, thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so Luke 15, 8, 9 through 10. And uh, that three-phase parable here where you have the the sun and the coin and the, and the sheep. Um, I had some things come my way while Sheila was in the hospital, which made me sort of narrow in on the coin. But to give you a little bit of a foundation, of course, um, most of you have read that before, and I've read quite a bit about it recently. And uh, we kind of get the idea that the, you know, the, the, the sheep in the beginning of, of the parable... Um, Really, it's talking about Christ and his heart for those lost sinners and, and, of course, the lost son there. There's different opinions on whether it's a sinner coming to Christ or an errant Christian. But we, we pretty much understand that as being the heart of God. And, uh, you know, the lost coin um, is really about the Holy Spirit. And so you have the Trinity right rolled into this one, looks like three pieces, but it's one one long parable as he's talking to the Pharisees. And uh, I think it's very important for us, because we do, we do study a lot of Scripture here. And um, myself, you know, you kind of, I, I do a lot of reading, and, uh, and a lot of reading, and a lot of reading. I mean, we, we, my house, that's, that's what we do. We do have a TV, but we only have one, so we read a lot. And um, I think, you know, I've got kind of more into the... Uh, my heart is hardened, I think, just because I, you know, the intellectual aspect of God and, and uh, salvation and how it works, and, and I get all those things, but you start to overanalyze things. And so I, I think that uh, this is as much for me, and I hope it's as much of a blessing to you, because I think we need to be a little bit more invigorated um, in our love for the lost. And uh, so let's go ahead and read Luke 15. 8, and uh, all the way through to 10. And uh, either, what woman having 10 pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house 
and seek diligently till she find it. And whether she hath found it, she, hath, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I have lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And um, reading over this and, and dealing with my kids those short few days, um, it just it came together so he, he brought it to me. So there's no question that, uh, that the whole idea here wasn't of my own uh, choosing. Um, see a penny, pick it up, and all day you'll have good luck. Uh, I mean, it's, it's fun when you see. I mean, it's an old wives' tale. It's, it's, uh, it's just gibberish, and it's a rhyme. So it's just kind of fun. We've, most of us have heard it, except for one guy on the way back. We won't mention his name. He's never heard it before. But, uh, but uh, you'll see a penny, pick it up, and all day you'll have good luck. It's fun when you find a coin. I mean, we're walking around, you walk around in the street, and all of a sudden you'll see a, a quarter. I pick it up. Anybody else pick it up? I mean, it, it's, it's fun. I, <laughs> we have somebody who picks up pennies, too. So it, um, I got past a penny before I came up here. Um, so pennies, coins. Um, I mean, look at a child. I mean, a child, you have kids. Most of us have had kids or, or have kids now. And they see a penny on the ground. And they get wild-eyed. I mean, it's just amazing. You just, a penny. Um, while, I, while Sheila was in the hospital, I had a few days to watch the kids. And, uh, you know, I, I, am, I don't think I've ever been so tired. There's three of them, which I wasn't really aware of until I was home <laughs> with them at that time. And uh, I cannot manage... Three kids at once. My mom is here, by the way, and so she's having to learn this too. It, it's easy when you're dealing with one child, and sometimes it's easy when you're dealing with two children, but a third child, boom, she's off. Gabrielle's off, or, or Gannon's off one direction. And um, I am not the master of child entertainment. Because you can't think that far ahead, because the minute you finish with one project, I'm in trouble because they're freaking out. Because I'm planning the next project now that they finished their first. So <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. I'm kinda, I'm, I, I, I was ignoring them sort of at the time. Um, I started doing some laundry. And uh, it's a big stack of it, and I'm doing some laundry. And uh, all of a sudden, Gareth and Gannon, Gabrielle's down for a nap. Gareth and Gannon get really quiet. And I'm, that's scary. Your kids get quiet, you're, you're in trouble. And uh, they get really quiet. And um, I hear Gareth tell Gannon, look, look, come with me. And all of a sudden, I hear Gannon, Gannon, Gannon trots off behind me. Gareth is in my room on the floor. I'm still loading clothes in the, the dryer and the washer, and uh, I have no idea what's going on, but I'm curious. And they start fighting. Save one for me. That's mine. Um, I just had to look, so I'm, I'm peering over, you know, we've got these little doors that slide open, and uh, they're, they're fighting over something on the floor, and I'm really curious, I have no clue what it is, but they're not really beating each other up, they're sort of arguing, as brothers can argue, and uh, all of a sudden, Gareth looks up, and he goes, running over, and he goes, Daddy, Daddy, look at what I have, and he's got these dirty, dusty pennies in his hand, and he is so excited um, <laughs> he grabs his piggy bank, this little painted 
I don't know, a funny looking little thing. I'm not sure what it is. This little painted thing, and he's plugging his pennies in there. And um, I mean, they were jumping out of their skins. I mean, they were so excited. Gannon has grabbed his Lightning McQueen piggy bank. He's trying to, he's trying to peel it open and put them in at the same time because now he's having fun putting them in and out. So, um, I mean, kids watching kids, you know, change is just wild. It's, just, it's so fun. <laughs> and to give them one as, as a treat when they've done something, they just, oh, they freak out. Um, we have certain weird things happening in the world right now, which has made the metals market go really high. And so if any of you have watched the news, talking about gold is getting up to 1,000. In fact, it went over 1,000. And this last week it went under. And um, I'm getting lots of calls from people who want to sell things. And one of the things they want to sell are coins. The story is always the same. They're always digging something out. They're cleaning something up. They were in the garage. They opened up a box, a dusty box. And bam! They find some old coins in there that, I mean, I have some old coins that were given to me, so uh, obviously if I were to, you know, pass them on to my, who knows, they get lost in a box, and all of a sudden somebody opens them up, and you you find them, and um, in a dusty corner of the garage. Um, The thing about these coins, just like the coins under my bed, just like the coins in the garage, the coins were lost. I mean... I forgot they were there by my bed, kind of rolled under there, and, and uh, you know, the light was on so he could see them. Um, the coins from the people who call me, I don't buy them, I send them off to a coin dealer, but they had no clue, somebody had lost them, and they're so excited, but it's by the action of another that the coins were lost, um, so much in the same way. That, uh, that it was the act of another that um, brought the whole human race into its inevitable plunge into hell. I mean, that's, it's, 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 it's the act of Adam and what he did. So we're all, all born with that sort of sin nature. doesn't mean that we're not willfully going there, but we're born that way. Um, so we're all sort of lost coins. We're owned by God, gifted to the Son, lost by Adam, found by the Holy Spirit, and then brought into the family of God, in the end, to become heirs of the kingdom. Um, in Luke 15.9, if you flip back in your, your pages there, right at the end, we can see that she admits it's her fault. And right there at the end, it says, For I have found the peace which I had lost. So just like all these coins that I had lost and all the coins that those people call about that their family members had lost, stuck away, nobody remembered them, um, it's by the act of another. So the act of Adam is the reason why we start from birth this direction. Um, Romans 5.12, we've read Romans 5.12, pastor's been through Romans 5, I know Dalton has a Heard him talk about it, but you've read it. Um, they, talk, they talk about what happens here with Adam. And uh, Romans 5.12, I'll go ahead and read 5.12 through 19. I'll break out some of the pieces that are particular to what I'm talking about, but I'll start in 5.12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, 
And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Nevertheless, this is in 14, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. And then in 15, in the middle of that verse, for if through the offense of one may be dead, in the middle of 16, the judgment was by one to condemnation, in 17, by one man's offense, death reigned by one. 18, by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. 19, this is the beginning, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So, that sin, it's reigned us unto death. Adam sinned, now everyone's born a sinner, except for Christ. He was, he was born sinless. Um, we're born this way. And uh, it, you know, it talks about it here in the Bible. So we know that we're lost by Adam. We willfully, we willfully continue to sin. Um, but we're born that way. And the, the, the Bible tells us about how we're born that way in Ephesians. Among whom we also had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So it's, it's our nature. We're born that way. Um, it doesn't sound fair, you know. Uh, the act of another has put us into this position, so we're all going that way. Um, but I think human nature proves that we do things like this all day long. That's, that's the one thing. People say, well, it's not fair that you'll say, well, we're all going to hell. And we all are. It doesn't make sense to some people, but yet you could talk about things. I'll mention things. Um, you know, I wrote, I wrote some things down here, and, and I may not talk about all of them, but, I mean, I flip channels, TV. I mean, you ever watch Cops? They have another show called Intervention and, and weird things like that. But it's horrible to think about it. But a, a person could become addicted to crack or a drug or heroin or anything like that and be pregnant. And then that baby's born with an addiction. Prime example. What the baby have to do with it? Nothing. So it doesn't sound fair. But a child can get stuck in the middle. And we're children of God. So we're stuck in that middle. We, we, need, we need to be fixed. Um, we're you know, lost by the action of another. And so just like the woman with the ten pieces of silver had lost her coin. Um, I mean, there are, a few, there are a few different interpretations of the verse. But I believe the woman, from what I've read, represents the church. So all of us here together. And um, the light... Um, at the end, which she lit, lit it, yeah, uh, uh, represents the Holy Spirit. And the coin represents the lost elect. So, the woman lost the coin. Christ mentioned she had ten coins. So, the coins are supposed to come in. <laughs> um, this single coin means nothing. I mean, just like a, a, a little diamond means nothing. You've got to put it in the ring. It's, it's the sum of the parts that mean everything. Um, 
reading that verse, I think what Christ is trying to, 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 to speak to the Pharisees about is that uh, he's referring to the custom of the groom giving ten coins to the bride, those, those drachmas. Um, they still do it in some countries, but they really stopped you know, giving away coins in about the 6th or 7th century. It used to be coins before it was rings. I don't know if anybody knew that. So coins, um, but they poke holes in those coins, and then she puts them in her hair, uh, or she puts them, you still see it, and if you ever watch you know, like some of those uh, shows where they're um, Discovery Channel, and they're in the deep Middle East, some of these areas where these people, I mean, they're, they're living in nothing. I mean, mud and stuff like that out there. And the ladies come out, and they've got all these weird colored beads on, and they've got coins on their head. You ever seen that? You know what I'm talking about? Um, the coins are circular in shape. The coins represent purity and love, endless love, um, that they have for each other. The church, like the woman, is a bride. The church, like the woman, is to keep all the coins for the elect. The candle, like the Holy Spirit, is giving light to the woman, illuminating the coins. The Holy Spirit invigorating the church and illuminating the sinner. He does this by, of course, opening the heart of the sinner, regenerating the sinner, illuminating him or her to the gospel. Um, But what about the bride? What about the church? Are they faithful? Um, What's this bride going to do if her husband returns and she's missing a coin? The coins given during the wedding ceremony, you know, with the little holes in them, um, her and his outward expression of their inward decision to represent love and trust for one another. For her husband, uh, this would have been part of her dowry, or her dower. I learned something new. A dower is what a husband gives to the wife in the event that he passes. The dowry is what she brings for the husband. So I, I've just been saying dowry. Um, these coins, if they were to divorce, she couldn't keep these coins in the hair. Um, it would have brought shame upon her whole family. Uh, it would have brought shame upon her, and in the custom, as they still even do today, um, the man would have been obligated to divorce her. So, <laughs> I mean, he could have returned at any time. It doesn't talk about that, but it's very much referencing that custom, the ten coins in the hair. Um, so as with the woman, locating the coins with the candle diligently, so I mean working hard, searching, sweeping, cleaning, um, aren't we supposed to be diligently searching for the lost? Uh, Christ uses the word house here. He didn't say world yet, because this is, I, I think, a, a, a precursor to the Great Commission. He hasn't really talked about the Great Commission yet, but he's alluding to it right here. He says house. House is your immediate area. 
It's not another city. It's not another country. It's not another people. Um, House, like our church here, I think means our family, our friends. We have a school here. We also have Sunday school here. I know for a fact we've got kids who come here, some of which that I'm aware of that have been saved. God's worked in their life, yet their parents are not. Why are we not trying to get to these people? Why are we not more proactive? Why am I not proactive? Remember, I'm talking to myself here. So why am I not more proactive with all the people in my sphere? Our neighbors, our co-workers, I mean, those are, he's talking about our immediate area. Um, Christ is going to come back at any time. We don't know when. Could be in the next minute. <laughs> the way I give sermons, you might be happy. Um, <laughs> in in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 2-4, uh, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a, th- as a thief in the night, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. And then in Revelations 3.3, 3, remember that thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I come upon thee. Lord's coming, and I think we need to get to work. I think we could all be honest with ourselves. We haven't been working as hard as we should be. Um, I mean, don't you think we need a little bit of rejuvenation? She needs the candle to lighten the room, to brighten the room, so she can see better, so she can sweep out that room. And I mean, it says diligently. I mean, so she wasn't stopping Till she found the coin. She didn't want to lose that coin. For no reason. Um, I think we need to ask God. To send the Holy Spirit. To start working us. Just like the hymn Cleanse Me. Which we sing. uh, Sunday evenings. There's a. If you look at the, the, the way, it's J. Edwin Orr, who was a Baptist, um, I think in New Zealand. I don't know if anybody knows. Um, he wrote this. Very anti-Finney preacher, by the way. This is a little side note. Um, he gave credit to the Holy Spirit for doing this works, not the work of his dynamic preaching. Um, so I think maybe, maybe we should, you know, I, I, I part of my sermon here, I, I think that... Uh, that we, and I will, I will lead, I think we should sing that song. I think that we need a little revival that, uh, that we need to know as we look at these. I think the verses are up on here. Um, J. Edwin Orr almost writes this as a prayer. He's singing, but it's, it's, it's a prayer. He's asking God to open his heart, know his thoughts, <laughs> see where that wicked way is. Um, cleanse it. I mean, the reason why things happen is because we have issues in our life that stop uh, 
we're, we're out of fellowship. We're not receiving that rejuvenation we need. So I think we should all stand, and I think we should all sing this song, and, and I'll lead. So if it's up there, um, we'll just go ahead and sing it as it is, and I'll do my solo right now. And so this will be the only time I'll do it. So let's, let's get started. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart today. Try me, O oh Savior, know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. I praise Thee, Lord, for cleansing me from sin. Fulfill Thy Word and make me pure within. Fill me with fire where once I burned with shame. Grant my desire to magnify Thy name. We'll go to the next one. Lord, take my life and make it wholly Thine. Fill my poor heart with Thy great love divine. Take all my will, my passion, self, and pride. I now surrender, Lord, in me abide. O Holy Ghost, come on, revival comes from Thee. Send a revival, start the work in me. Thy word declares, Thou wilt supply our need. For blessings now, O Lord, I humbly plead. You can all be seated. I'm not joining choir. I'm just teasing choir people. We, well, we need to pray. I mean, that, that whole song is a prayer for cleansing, <laughs> rejuvenating, start the work. He's praying that the Holy Spirit will, will, will rejuvenate him. He's crediting the Holy Spirit for the work that's going to, to happen. And... Um, we need to pray for this. We need to pray so we're illuminated. So we will come and clean our houses. So we will look for those coins that are lost. They're right there. I mean, I guarantee that we know there are people who we have as family members, extended and otherwise, who come and come to our church, enjoy the church, but there's still a little dust on them, and we need to dust it off. And um, the one thing about coins that we need to remind ourselves of is that the longer they're out there, the harder they're going to be to find. That, <laughs> Gareth 
that same day found a coin underneath my dryer. Folding the, pulling out the clothes. I close, you know, there's a light in the dryer, so it kind of glows. And uh, everything's illuminated. There's a light in my hallway right there, and he bends down, and it's dust and grime. I mean, I have to be honest, we didn't clean underneath the dryer very well. And uh, he pulls out this coin, and the dime has those little bubbles on it, oxidation, something that happened to it, you know, from the humidity being in the closet. And that coin was nasty looking, so I rinsed it off. It still had those little bubbles on it, but those lost coins that are part of our family out there, the longer they're out there, the dirtier and grimier they become. So we need to do lots of sweeping, get rid of all that dust, and uh, let the Holy Spirit you know, rejuvenate us and illuminate that person. Um, well, side note, I, I, I was just working yesterday, and I had a flashlight. I had, a customer came in the store, and she had like a million emeralds. They were these little teeny-weeny things, and I didn't believe they were emeralds. Anytime, anytime somebody comes in with a packet of a bunch of stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, right, it's not real. And uh, so for free, I, I said, I'll test those, being the expert I am. And so she said, okay. And so uh, Judy, who works with me there, she goes, okay, here you go. So I walk over to my desk about eight feet away, and I got these little teeny-weeny tweezers, and I mean this, it was small. So I'm putting it on this tool called a refractometer, and I'm trying not to use the tweezers because I scratched the, the tool. And so I ID it, and sure enough, it's an emerald. It's just not a very nice one. And uh, I, got the, <laughs> I got these tweezers, and ping, I shot it out of the tweezers. White. She's eight feet away. She can't see me. The desk is, is walled off. It's an L-shape. So I came around, and, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm under the desk. So... Uh, I got out my little mag light, and I've got the plastic sheet on the floor where my desk is, so I'm sitting on my desk, and it rolls around really nice, and uh, that's been there for about two years. It's not been swept around the outside. Nobody goes back there except me. What do I care? (laughs) So I got the flashlight out. I've slid the chair off, and I'm thinking, if they look over the edge, I'm really going to look funny. So I'm over there with the flashlight. I can't see anything, so I'm digging around in the corners, and sure enough, on the edge of the carpet further in, I see this little glisten, little facet caught the reflection. And uh, so the flashlight, I mean, I had to get down and look. I really had to work at it, um, but I found it. So <laughs> we have family members out there in the world that just need to be brought in. We need to bring them in and give them the gospel I think the, the, when, I, when I finish reading here, after we bring them in and give them the gospel, at the end, if we go back to, what is it, 15.10, Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Actually, it's 15.9. Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. The other thing that we need to do when a person becomes a member of our church that was not a member before, that wasn't, hadn't received Christ yet, I think we need to be a little bit more excited. Um, she, called her, she called her friends together. Rejoice with me. 
In fact, if we go back through the whole chapter there, that whole, that whole section in 15, um, they had parties. They were excited. He found the sheep. They were excited. She, she lost the coin and found it. She thought she was in trouble. She found it. She's excited. Um, the son, the young son, goes away and comes back. Dad throws a party. They were excited. I have to be honest. Sometimes there's been people who come up and join this church. Christ has worked in their life. The Holy Spirit's regenerated them. They're excited. They want to become... And I walk out the door. I've done that. It's not a good thing. Upon reading this, um, you flip through devotionals sometimes. I have some of those. Some of them are kind of funky, so I don't read read a lot of them. But I, I have one there. And it's a wild thing. And maybe it's just in California. Or maybe it's just because in America we're given so much stuff. So we're not as thankful as we would be. You think that could be it? I mean, maybe that's why we're not so excited. You know, times are easier now than they were 100 years ago. So when something great like that happened, people were a lot more excited. But if, you know, reading some of these devotionals, you, you look at somebody who receives Christ in China or Russia. They're standing on tables. I mean, they're excited. This is, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. And I, I still say maybe it's our culture. <laughs> I'm not going to stand on tables, I'll tell you. I won't do that. Dalton can come and stand on the pulpit. He can do that. Um, <laughs> we need to be excited when people receive Christ, become members here, because they're those lost coins. They're those lost coins Christ is going to come back. We're supposed to be finding them. We're supposed to be finding them. I don't want to be like <laughs> one of those churches in Revelations too. I don't want to be admonished. Right now we'd probably really be admonished. We're not working that hard. And this comes from, in, from within us, inside our own hearts. Because you don't need me to tell you. You could be doing it on your own. You need to be in fellowship with God. And uh, you need to be dusting out your corners, working diligently, uncovering those dusty hidden coins that are hidden by that dust bunny in the corner that are right there with you. And um, I think it's an amazing thing because we'll be able to see God's plan and work. We all know all this stuff. We just need to get excited about it and we need to have a heart and a desire and a drive to bring those in. So let's all start rejoicing. That's my sermon. Would you like to come up? Yeah, no fanfare on me.